G'day, g'day, and welcome to Kangaroos and Kookaburras, the best podcast for Australian sports in Australia, I assume. I don't know how many American podcasts or English podcasts do Australian sports. Uh, I'm joined here as usual by Hayden Raymond. How are we today, Hayden? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. How about you, mate? Uh, doing very well. This is our first Wednesday podcast of the season. Hopefully, it might be one of the only ones we do. I do heavily prefer to record on a Sunday, but such is yes. life. We have to, you know, make sacrifices every now and then. And Hayden this week decided to sacrifice the podcast. So well, 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 well. we do not talk about it, all right? We do not um, talk about it. I'll throw you under the bus every chance I go. We're not going to talk about it, but I will throw you under the bus. Anyway... Uh, so let's get right into it. And last uh, podcast we did, we may have uh, inadvertently forgotten a bit of big news. Yes. Calling. Um, Roger Tuivasa-Shek has announced he is going to leave the Warriors with a year remaining on his contract to go join with the Auckland Blues in the Super Rugby in the hope he gets selected for the All Blacks in the 2023 World Cup. Uh, mm-hmm. Tuvasashek didn't hide the fact during his NRL career that he did want to eventually go and play for the All, Black, All Blacks. Rather. Uh, now he is going to take that chance with basically he'll have 18 months to prepare for a World Cup. Uh, first of all, Hayden, I'll ask you, do you think Tuivasa-Shek has a shot to be the All Blacks signing fullback heading into the World Cup? Well, it depends on what their roster's looking like, to be honest. I don't really know. I don't really follow rugby, so I wouldn't know. But from what I've seen from him in the NRL, he'd definitely be up there in the ranks to play for the All Blacks if that chance arrives for him. Um... It's an interesting choice, switching codes. We've seen that with uh, Israel Folau, uh, Carmichael Hunt. Um, who else did it? Uh, Jared Hain went to the NFL. Um, it's just very bizarre coming from Tuivasa Sheg being such an influential player, not only for New Zealand, but for the NRL. Um, um. Yeah, it's just very bizarre that he'd leave a, a year early just to go to a different code that he's never really played before. So it's just a bit a bit bizarre. Well, it's worth noting because he did mention, you know, you're not fully familiar with the All Blacks squad, which is fair. Obviously, we aren't big rugby fans here in this podcast. Uh, but of the All Blacks squad named last year for the rugby championship, so the series against Australia and South Africa, I believe it was, uh, they named six outside backs. Wow. All six of them are under the age of 25. And they're led by Damian McKenzie and Geordie Barrett. So McKenzie has 23 caps already for the All Blacks. Okay. And Barrett at just 23 has 17. So there's definitely not extremely strong and extremely set with their outside backs. So... You know, you can maybe see a player of Tuvasashek, assuming that he comes in uh, doing the same as he's done in the NRL for the last few years. Yeah. You can definitely see there's a chance of him anchoring down at the very least a starting wing spot, if not starting fullback. Mm. Uh, We wish him all the best, though. Obviously, we get to see him in action uh, one last time this year for the Warriors. I yeah. have no idea if the 2021 World Cup does go ahead. I have no idea if he's going to be allowed to play in that. Uh, hopefully he is, because the Kiwis need all the help they can get. Let's not sugarcoat it. They, yeah. they aren't looking good right now. Uh, but moving on from that situation, we now get into probably the juiciest part of the offseason. That is called the rumour mill. You know, we always have one of these as we get close to the season. The room mill starts sticking. Last year, it was the entire Josh Morris saga, trying to get a release from Cronulla to go to the Roosters. Uh, this year, also we had Latrell last year, but that happened a lot earlier. Yeah. Uh, this year, the rumour mill revolves around Cameron Smith. What a shock. Wow. Uh, 
100 game veteran is yet to officially confirm his playing future. However, both the Broncos and Titans have revealed that they have offered him a contract. So there are contract offers there if he wants to return for what would be a record-tying 20th season in first grade, tying the great Bluey Wilson uh, for the all-time record. Okay. It's interesting. Cameron Smith had an interview, and he said the only person linked to a football club he's actually had a discussion with this entire offseason has been Craig Bellamy. Wow. Uh, so, Aiden, I guess we will address the elephant in the room. What do you think Cameron Smith's going to do? Wow. Um, judging from what information we've got from sources and shit, I think that Cam Smith will... He, he won't move clubs. He'll either play one more at Melbourne or he'll just retire on the spot. Um, although, for our American listeners, if we have any, um, we can link Cam Smith to Tom Brady. So You said this in our first podcast. I did. I did. Um, Cam Smith is literally the Tom Brady of the NRL in regards to legacy, uh, GOAT status, and just overall influence. Um, him moving to another club would be like Tom Brady moving from the Pats to um, the Bucks, mm. going from a uh, successful team in recent years to a not so successful team. So, um, yeah, but I I don't think he'll move clubs. He will either stay at Melbourne, play with Bellamy, um, or retire. All right, that's, that's just my opinion. That's fair. I actually reckon the opposite. I reckon he is content with leaving Melbourne, given that he did just win a premiership with them. You know, going out on top, all that sort of stuff. I thought, uh, I thought for all money he was going to retire, and I thought he would have announced it right after the grand final win. Yeah, but obviously, as it stands, as it stands, even though that's a real, you know, still a real idea he could just decide you know what i'm not going to play on i'm going to retire like you mentioned he could just retire on the spot exactly uh i don't think he will though i think in his mind he's trying to do everything he can to convince himself that he can play on i think that's the only reason why he wouldn't have been out to retirement by now he wants to play on but he's just trying to find that spark Obviously, we're at a point where I don't see him getting a contract with an NRL club right now. Yeah, you know, sub-season, pre-seasons, well underway. We've got the first full week of trials this week. I reckon what he will do, if he chooses to play on, he'll start the season playing in the Queensland Cup. All right? Okay. Just play through there. Get some weeks under his belt, show he still had it, make sure he knows himself he's confident enough to play at the NRL level. And then from there, he'll make a decision as to where he goes. Now, obviously, you will expect that the Broncos and Titans are both going to be very active in the midseason player market with the cap space they have. So you can assume they would be the first two names that would be on Cameron Smith's board. We just don't know what order. Uh, but if you had to put a gun to my head right now and tell me, will Cam Smith play an NRL game in 2021? My answer would probably be yes. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting, but not as interesting as our next topic of discussion. <laughs> now, first of all, we'll get the uh, the sad part out of the way. Tom Chaboyevich has injured his hamstring. Not the same hamstring that's hampered him for the last two years. That was the left one. This one's the right one. So don't have to worry about it being another one of those years where Tom tries to play on the field, but every third game he goes down clutching his leg. Right now we're okay. The funny part is how he may have heard it. 
Yeah. So the official story, which has been given by Manly and given by or accepted by the NRL, is that he slipped and fell in the shower and his leg gave way. Now, hey, I don't know about you, but when you slip in the shower, you're more likely to get a head injury than a leg injury. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah. Unless you have a massive ass fucking shower. Where you where you just don't pull, you just can't bang into anything, and the only thing exactly. that hurts more is your butt. Exactly. But and I know from experience that I would whack my head more than I'd tear my hamstring. Yeah, uh, I'm similar. I don't know how many times I've slipped over in the shower. Probably can't remember because I fucking cuss. But anyway, <laughs> what's interesting is literally a couple minutes after it came out that Tom. Tom had a hamstring injury. Video surfaced of him doing an impromptu 70-meter sprint against a member of the public at a Manly Pier. Actually. Yeah. Sources have told me that it was a random Tigers fan. Who was, let me guess, talking trash? Not only talking trash, but when the news broke that he tore his hamstring... The Tigers fan gave him stick about it. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what what else do you expect from a West? Oh, but like those Tigers fans are just absolute animals. I swear. Yeah, they're worse than Parramatta. Oh, fans. by far, by far. Mm. Uh, but anyway, all right. So, I'll ask you this, because uh, obviously there's been a ton of hamstring injuries uh, to start this season. And there's probably going to be more as the year goes on. Hamstring injuries are the most common injury for rugby league players. But do you think that teams should start inserting things into contract which prohibits players from doing stuff like what Tom did, regardless of whether or not it was the source of the injury? Uh, do you think there should be a clause in the contract which stops players from doing stupid stuff off the field? Um, not really. It kind of takes the fun out of, like, meeting with fans and interacting with your supporters, if you know what I mean. Um, yes, what Tommy did was absolutely stupid, but in in other words, it builds players' reputations as a nice guy. Um, personal experience, uh, I met, I met Matt Moylan when he was at Panthers, uh, absolutely nice guy, but his reputation was ruined when he moved to the Sharks and started doing the, the little sniff-sniff, um, supposedly. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, but I know that Tommy had no intention of, um, obviously injuring himself, like, no, no one does, um, but in a sense... It depends on the player, if you know what I mean. Um, if it's like a an all-star player, then maybe have something in there saying, like, don't do anything stupid to injure yourself. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's weird how um, you can injure yourself racing hmm. someone. Oh, slipping in the shower. Well, of course, of course. Um, I was going to go into this with a um, sort of argument centered around former NBA player Jay Williams. Uh, What happened with Williams, he was drafted by the Chicago Bulls and the Bulls knew he had a bit of an obsession with riding motorcycles. So Mm -hmm. the Bulls put a clause into his contract explicitly prohibiting him from riding motorcycles. Just minimize the risk of injuries. Yada, yada, yada. Anyway, after his rookie season, he went for a motorcycle. He rode a motorcycle and he ended up getting involved into a crash, which severely damaged his leg. The Bulls activated the claws and cut him and he never played in the NBA again. Wow. Uh, But, you know, this isn't a Jay Williams situation, you know? This is just a bit of harmless Mm. fun between him and a fan, albeit a fan that was heckling him. Mm. And it's just, you know, 
if the shower story is true, then the shower story is true, right? But yeah. if you know, if it was, if he did hurt his hamstring while it's running, you know, this is just an unfortunate consequence of the interaction. Like you said, this shouldn't be a reason to take away interactions between fans and players, as long as you know they aren't turning violent or exactly. it isn't turning into some drug-related incidents. <coughs> Nelson Asafa Solomon. Yes, that too. <laughs> yeah, I think it's fine. But, you know, there needs to be a level of awareness with the players. Uh, Tom said with the race, he'd been drinking a few. So it was probably a bit out of it. But, you know, players shouldn't be putting their body on the line like that. Their body is what earns them the money. All right? You put that at risk, you're putting your whole career at risk. Like, what happens if instead of, you know, suffering a tiny tear of the hamstring... He had to ruptured his Achilles. Exactly. Or tripped over and smashed his jaw into like one of the seats. Exactly. So, you know, there just has to be a bit of awareness in the player's mind to make sure that they aren't putting themselves in unnecessary risks. But I don't think the NRL needs to step in. Uh, obviously, yeah. there was a joke going around yesterday. NRL Physio put, tweeted out a list of a bunch of players who are missing trial games due to hamstring injuries. And I yeah. saw someone quote tweeted saying that uh, Andrew Abdo and Peter Volandes are meeting to discuss a potential shower break ban in the NRL. <laughs> I'm sure the opposing players would absolutely love that, especially when you're trying to tackle a big prop and he stinks like five-week-old McDonald's. But anyway, <laughs> anyway... Uh, we had our first official game of 2021 on the weekend. Yeah. The All-Stars game. Usually when you think of this great festival of rugby league, which it was this year, and then it's also backed up by a great game of rugby league. Yeah. Unfortunately, this year, that hasn't been the case. The All-Stars game 2020, or 2021 rather, finished in a disappointing 10-all draw with the Maori All-Stars retaining the shield by virtue of the fact that they won last year. Yeah. Um, look, it was a poor game, just all round. Just all over the place. Not great for you. Two players got sent to the sin bin. Uh, tries were Jordan Riki and Dallin Wattini's Lesniak for the Maori and then Alex Johnson for the Indigenous side. Uh, two penalty goals for the Indigenous All-Stars brought them to 10-10. The last, tr- or the last penalty goal was scored in the 79th minute, which means there wasn't time for either team to go down kick a field goal. The players thought there was golden point when there wasn't. Yeah. I mean, look, I'll ask you the All-Stars concept. I understand that there is great meaning in having it between the Indigenous All-Stars and the Maori All-Stars. Yeah. But where do we go from here? I mean, I remember the time when it was the Indigenous All-Stars versus the World All-Stars. And even even before that, you had the NRL All-Stars. Yeah. But yeah, those those games were good. I remember the first All-Star game. Great game. uh, Finished with... Oh, it was the NRL All-Stars up 12-6, and then Indigenous All-Stars got a quick try, and then a great try by Jamie Soward in the dying stages to see, seal the win. That was a great game of footy. <laughs> now, you know, it just feels kind of washed. It, I, I can definitely tell you that it's literally not as hyped as the NBA or the mm. NFL for that, um, for that matter. But they, they, it needs to be more exciting. They need to add something more spectacular to it to add it more uh, to add more excitement to the fans for the fans mm. um 
maybe like halftime goal kicking competitions. Like, well, I saw suggestions uh, uh, that the game should have been decided with a goal kicking competition or a dropout, like a like a penalty shootout. Yeah, no, dropout. yeah, it was like a penalty shootout, but with goal kicking. So you have yeah five or you have uh, five shots. Starting from yep. in front and varying out towards the sidelines. And yeah. after that, you got sudden death from the sidelines. Yeah. Like, that would be fun. But... That would be fun. I mean, I don't understand why there was no concept of extra time for this game. It's, it doesn't make any sense. Like, what? Did, did they seriously expect that the All-Star game will never go past 80 minutes? I, I like I understand it's just an exhibition game and you don't want players getting hurt and not having it go into extra time minimizes the risk. God damn it, if you're gonna be that safe around players, just don't play the game in the first place. Keep them in a bubble until round exactly. one. Exactly. And there's a lot of great players as well that don't get into the All-Star game. And I'm not going to turn this into why do the indigenous people and the Maori people get special treatment over the whites? Because that would just sound very wrong on my part. Uh, but, yeah. you know, like you said, Hayden, you, I remember the days where you had an NRL All-Star side, which had guys like Darren Lockyer, Cameron Smith and Billy Slater all on, all on the same team, running around, having fun. Jared Hayden was there as well, you know. Just a fun game of footy. It just doesn't feel the same without those superstars. Exactly. Like obviously, obviously we have better. Like I wouldn't say better. We have players, great players but... running around right now. Latrell Mitchell, absolute exactly. superstar. Cody Walker was amazing. You know, over on the Maori side, Jordan Riki, Dallin Wittings, Leslie Ark, they all played great. Uh, what's his face? Joey Manu as well. He was really good. Jeremy obviously he didn't play to his full potential, mm. but he's still, he's he is one of the most up and coming five eights in. Yes, the I league. agree. Like he his footwork, oh, it's, it's just. You know who he reminds me of? Twenty fifteen Anthony Milford. So before all the injuries, just wow. the the vision yeah. and the athleticism. Yep. Can I just yeah. ask a question? Why the fuck did Russell Packer only play 21 minutes? I don't know. Sorry. Might I add, why is he still in the squad? <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. It just seems like everyone's an all-star. But, like, this... instead of doing just one game, here's a suggestion. Instead of just doing one game, why don't you have, like, a round robin where it's, like, Indigenous All-Stars, NRL All-Stars, World All-Stars? Yeah, just, like, a quick pre-season to- mini-tournament. Even if... Exactly. So you've got, like, the Indigenous... Even if... The Maori... Even if... The... Like, that would still Hello? be perfect. Uh, also, yeah. while we're on the concept of timing, the idea of splitting the games at the fourth quarters absolutely sucks. There was just yeah. no momentum able to be attained in the game. You know, it, it just sucked. And thank God. Not to be sexist here. Not to be sexist here. But the women's game was actually more exciting than the men's game for once. Mm, yeah, you're not wrong. There was more points, more action. Even though that was in quarters two, it did feel like I was watching... Bloody under eights, under nines. Play. Oh, with all the soft start, soft start. Yeah, exactly. But it, at least it was more exciting for the fans than the actual, like the yeah, uh, like the whole was. point of stopping the game. The whole point of having two halves is so the teams can calm momentum. If you're getting blown out thirty nil. You go into halftime and it stops the momentum for a little bit. You can regroup, regather. You don't need that every exactly. 20 minutes. There's just not enough scoring no. that 20-minute 20, uh, 20 minute breaks are necessary. 
Yeah. I mean, look, obviously, I'm happy the All-Star concept's here to stay. Here to stay. Because there was a time where, yeah. you know, there was threats that it wasn't going to be around. Uh, but, yeah, I'm happy it's here. I'm happy we can watch it. It's, it's fun. It's fun. At the end yeah. of the day, it's fun. The game was horrid, but I still... Thought... But you always get those in the NRL. You always get I those off games. I still chills watching the Maoris do the haka, watching the Indigenous tribal dance. It was fun. Uh, so now we'll do a quick overview of the cricket. And the T20 series has gotten underway between Australia and New Zealand. Uh, obviously, we knew going into it, it wasn't going to be a strong Australian squad. All the test players, which were initially going to South Africa, but now aren't, weren't in the squad. We knew it was going to be an uphill battle. But I didn't realise it was going to be this bad. Uh, I think Devin Conway scored 99 not out. What the yep. hell? Uh, so New Zealand took the first 2020 by a margin of... 53 runs. Uh, first innings, Devin Conway, a great knock of 99 not out, as um, Hayden alluded to, which saved the innings for the Kiwis. They were at one point down to three for 19. But then it was, Some yeah, but then it was a great partnership between Conway and Glenn Phillips to steer the ship. And then after that, Australia just couldn't get any more wickets. Conway and Nisham put up a great partnership, and then Sandner played his role to try to get Conway to a century, which didn't end up working out. He pulled a James Vince. No, not even that. He just they went for no. They he played the last shot and just didn't play well enough. Couldn't turn back and go for two. Uh, and then for Australia. You know, Mitch Marsh and Ashton Agar, I guess. It's always bad when you see Mitch Marsh top scoring for your Not side. Not just top scoring, almost doubling every other score in the top in the team. Yeah. Uh, but if you want a full description of the Australian squad, Finch and Philippi both, uh, both had their wickets lost before we got to 10. Wade and Maxwell went... Uh, before the end of the power play. Uh, Marsh and I believe it was Sam's put in a... No, sorry, Marsh and... Yeah, Marsh and Sam's, I'm pretty sure it was. No, Marsh and Agar put up a great partnership at the sixth wicket to get from 56 for five after Stoinis went out to uh, 98 for six. But then Sam's went, or Sam's got out three balls after Marsh. Agar got out two balls after that. And then it was just a matter of, you know, what can we do from here? And it ended up being a good 10th uh, record partnership by Jai Richardson and Adam Zampa. But that's not going to win you many T20 games, unfortunately. No. Uh, Ish Sodi for the Kiwis, four wickets. Just. That's, that's insane. Is it okay? I want to ask you this: Is the entire series going to go like this, or was this just a bit of a blip on the radar? Um. Well, if you look at our squad, it's good on paper, but obviously they're not performing. So obviously this series is going to go a lot more. Uh, Pear shaped for us, I reckon. Mm. Especially without our star test players in it. Um, as <sighs> Australian cricket at the moment is in a very deep hole with uh, white ball cricket. Yeah. We have terribly underperformed when it comes to big matches, notably not only the one against New Zealand, but in the T20 series, or sorry, the ODI series against hmm. India. We just don't have the depth. Um, That's the big thing. We have the superstars. You know, Steve Smith, Minus Labashane, Dave Warner, 
Pat Cummins, Josh Hazelwood. They're oh. superstars. And they're going exactly. to perform, you know, 75% of the time. They're obviously going to have their average games and their bad games, but 75% of the time they're going to perform pretty well. The problem mm-hmm. comes from the fact we just can't surround them with the pieces we need. Exactly. And I don't know if that's going to change. We focus so much on uh, Red Bull cricket. I mean, Tanvir Sanger, if he somehow manages to find his way into a T2011 for Australia in the series... He's going to become the first player since David Warner back in 09 to debut for Australia before making a single appearance for his state. That doesn't sound too yeah. bad, all right? Except for no, the. That just proves that proves that we have young talent that are good enough to play. But obviously, we pick the old. Reliable in in uh, so in commerce. so. Do we need to start um, over? Do we need to start introducing a bit of a rotation policy, like what England has? Not to the extent England has, where you just leave Test players out of the squad because they've reached a certain number of Test players in the in the time. But do we have a rotation mm-hmm. little rotation thing where you know, oh, first Test we go, first Test will rest Mitchell Stark. And we'll give Jai Richardson a go. You know, it's, oh, it's a dead rubber test. So let's give Steve Smith and Minus a rest and bring up some guys, give them some experience. You know, do you start doing yeah. something like that, as, especially in T20s? Well, if you look at uh, our ex- experienced players, such as Aaron Finch, Glenn Maxwell, Stoinis, they underperformed while batting. Mm. Um, how did Stoin go with the ball? None so we got a with the oh two one. overs, two overs. Oh, one for sorry. seventeen. Sorry, one for seventeen off two. Maxi, none for nine off one. I mean, to be fair, we we do have two spinners in the squad, so it makes sense that we don't bowl Maxi. We actually have three because Ashton Agar is. A sorry, that's player. what I meant. Oh, sorry, sorry. Agar and Zampa, we have two recognised spinners, so there's no use yeah. Yeah. having Maxwell bowl more overs. But, I mean, I feel as though rotating this squad around wouldn't be bad. Because, one, this series has no implications on anything in T20 cricket. If we lose yeah. series 5-0, we're still going to be second. All right? There's no chance now, given yeah. that we lost this, there's no chance we're going to overtake England and become number one. The yeah. second thing is... There's a World Cup on the horizon. When I believe I saw something saying it was October, November. Let me just double check. It is, yep, October. Okay. So that's realistically, that's not that far. And away. if we know which players are going to perform, because we get to see it in the series, yeah. we get a better understanding of who should be part of the squad. Exactly. It's weird. Do we give Do we give Sanger the chance to prove himself to why they picked him this uh, this next T Twenty? I think it's a possibility. I mean, it's it's. You can't really get much worse than what mm. we're producing. Not, no, not much, fully. no. Like, Ashton Agar bowled two overs and got smashed for 10 each. I mean, he, he, he is a spinner, but then we also have Zampa, who bowled an, uh, over more than him, but got hit for the exact amount of runs. Mm. You're making a lot of sense. You are making a lot of sense. Like he, he Sanger was brought into the squad as uh, as like a backup 
because obviously we didn't have our um, players from yeah. the test, Who would have been test squad. The backup, like if the test players were in the squad, if we had a full string squad, who would have been the third spinner taken? Because it definitely would have been, it definitely would not have been well, Lyon. No. Unless it's a World Cup. Red Bull. Well, and, sorry, an ODR World Cup. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the T20 squad I would have picked would have been Warner, Finch, Smith, Man, oh, Marner, Smith, Maxi, um, Wade, even. Oh, wait, no, Kerry. Mm-hmm. I would have picked Kerry. Who, wait, Abbott? Who, 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 uh, who is Kerry's that the keeper. Oh, Philippi. And then Abbott would Philippi, have been yeah. the bowling all around you, Abbott, yeah, yeah. And then we would have had Star, uh, Cummins, not Hazo. Hazo doesn't. So you would have gone Jai Richardson. T20s. Jai Richardson, Zampa. So overall, out of those players you name, what? We had one, two, Three, four of them in the squad right now. That's yeah. not very good in the grand scheme of things. I honestly, I wouldn't even have Mitch Marsh in there. Yeah, I didn't even name him. But the problem is, we're playing against the full strength Kiwi side. They've got the likes of Martin Guptill, Kane Williamson, who did underperform. Uh, they've got Santana, they've got Saudi, they've got Bolt. For some reason, Saudi actually. We just don't have anything to deal with that. Exactly. We don't have anything to, uh, combat it with the amount of young talent that we have. Which comes back to the first point of the fact we go too hard on Red Bull cricket. Hopefully... Hopefully, this is going to humble Cricket Australia. Like, I don't want to say, oh, I hope we get embarrassed at the World Cup. But at the end of the day, that would be a massive wake-up call for Cricket Australia in regards to the future of white ball cricket. Yeah. Well, if you look, Australia's always been solely focused on um, Mm. red ball cricket. And we've just got to... We just got extremely Where, lucky that a lot of our best red ball players have also been pretty good at white ball. Exactly. Whereas a lot of other countries, they're able to and, rotate players in and out depending on what the format entails. Yeah. Like a lot of our viewers won't under really understand the difference between red ball and white ball. But the white ball is a quicker, fast, or a quicker game. The ball moves completely different to a red ball, although it may not look like it. It swings a lot faster, and it skips basically off a lot faster. just for a rough idea. Test cricket is a chess match. ODI cricket mm-hmm. is a game of checkers, and twenty twenty cricket yep. cricket is a game of Uno. Just no, I wouldn't say Uno. No, I'm Uno's talking about like you know. There's almost no strategy in the game of Uno. There's obviously a little bit of strategy, a little bit of cheeky ideas here and there, but most of it's just in the hand you're dealt. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what T20 is. You just react yeah. to the game. You don't try. Like in test cricket, you'll be going, you'll get the ball, and you'll already have, a, and you, you'll be thinking, all right, I'm going to bowl this, this, and this. So when I put my fourth ball right here, the batsman's not ready for this and it's going to create a chance for my teammates. In T20, you should be going yeah. back and just taking it a ball at a time. Going, okay, so he did this to me last ball, so now I'm going to get, go do this. That's the difference between the yeah. two. And that's what Cricket Australia doesn't understand. Exactly. Like You, you even saw in the Big Bash. I remember the uh, final between... The heat and the thunder. The thunder, the thunder were bowling yeah. almost no Yorkers at the back end. They were just trying to set the heat up so they could create chances. They weren't taking the game to them. They were letting the heat dictate the tempo. You can't do that in a twenty twenty. 
if you let another team dictate yeah. the tempo, they're going to just run amok. And like I said, I want to see Australia do well at the World Cup. I want to see Australia win the World Cup. Yeah. Hello. Any there? All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, for a can you hear me? All right. Uh, but yeah, where, where was I up to? What did I say before I cut out? Um, how the thunder were. Um, Setting up the heat. Yeah, so basically, you know, what I ended up saying was, again, I want to see Australia win the T20 World Cup. I really, really do. But I just feel like unless we get embarrassed on the world stage, there's just not going to be any changes, which we desperately need. Australia has a very good record in ODI. Which is what I said, what I meant when I said they've just gotten lucky that a lot of their best test players can go and play white ball. Yeah. It's it's weird. And I hope I hope we get something soon. Which fixes everything up. The good news. Yeah. There is good news. Alright? Even though the fate is out of our hands in terms of the WTC. As it mm-hmm. stands right now, we are going to Lords. There's still there's still a long way before yes. that's confirmed. But England and India are currently playing out their test series in the subcontinent. It is one all, which, as it stands, would be enough to put us in second place and send us to Lords. Uh, so far, mm-hmm. it has been a very back-and-forth series. First test, first, first innings of the first test, England just absolutely dominated. Joe Root with a marvellous innings of 218. You have have Dom Sibley, 87. Ben Stokes with an 82. Ollie Pope even coming in with a pretty solid 34. Jack Leach got 14. That's how you know you're having a good inning. India... Just couldn't get anything going in the first test. Pajara, where'd this come from? 73 off only 143. Yeah, no, he was actually scoring. What? He was scoring at 51 per 100. He was, he was playing park I know, he was. Well, this was only in the first innings for India. Uh, India oh, actually had a very solid nice. first innings. It would have been better if uh, Coley didn't get out for 11. And just stand there because he got bold. I remember actually seeing something online about that. Uh, someone said that Coley was doing a WG Grace. Because the way the story... <laughs> no, the way He's the story goes with Grace is he was playing a county match over in England. And he got clean bold after three balls in his innings. So he goes down, mm-hmm. picks the bales up, puts them back on the stumps, Turn around to the bowler and says, they came here to see me bat, not you bowl, and just keeps on going. Yes. No. This was the 1870s. What could the umpires do? Uh, But yeah, so like I said, someone turned around and said, Collie's doing a WG Grace here. Trying to just stay on. But yeah, Uh, Richard Pant, another just... One of those innings, 91 off 88. Uh, it looks like Washington. It looks like Washington wasn't just a bit of a blip on our radar. He picked up 85. Mm. They India do. They have some great talent. I mean, they do run like camps. They like, always do. Uh, second innings for both sides yeah. were very, very poor. Uh, 178 for the English. And then 192 yep. 
for the Indians. The good news for the Indians is Coley did find his form with a solid knock of 72 before getting clean bowled by Ben Stokes. Oh, there's nothing worse than getting clean bowled yeah, by Ben Stokes. Yeah, you're right. Especially, especially when it is Ben Stokes. There's nothing worse than getting clean bowled. Yeah. But there's nothing worse than getting clean bowled by Ben Stokes. Uh, so now mm-hmm. onto the second test. And the table's completely flipped. Even though yeah. Coley got out for a duck, India put on 329 for the first innings. Rohit Sharma, a great 161. Uh, Pant coming in with 58, mm-hmm. not out. Rahane, 67. And then England came out and could only muster up 134. No player scoring more than 42, which was Ben wow. Folks, not Stokes. Folks, the wicketkeeper. Uh, again, English rotation policy, you'll find players you never knew existed. So India came back in, uh, put up 286 in their second innings. Coley again, 62. But then he got out to Murray Nali for the second time in the match. Uh, so obviously everyone knows that uh, Moeen Ali is Nathan Lyon's bunny, but Virat Kohli is Moeen mm-hmm. Ali's bunny from the looks of things. So who's re- who's wow. who's really winning? Who's Never really winning? Uh, yeah, well, sure. technically it's India that's really winning because Moeen's not going to be playing in the last two matches because of the rotation policy. What was that? So yeah, India. Ah, ah. Virat Kohli, when he heard the news, he started celebrating. Uh but Ravi Ashwin, 106 of 148. He still got it. I remember, mm. I'm pretty sure Shane Warne said in the Australian series that he's not a threat anymore because he can't bat like he used to. That was a lie. <laughs> really did. Uh, anyway, well. England came out with a target of 482 in two days. To chase it down. So still a very winnable match. But they only got to 164. Again, no player scoring more than 43, which was Moe Nali. He scored 43 oh. off 18, by the way. Before getting stunned. Oh. Uh, naughty, naughty. Yeah. So, obviously, there's wow. two tests left. Uh, I believe, well, yeah, both tests. Okay, if we record our podcast on the Sunday this time, the fourth test will be going on Mm -hmm. in day four as we're recording. So we probably won't know the result by then. We'll have a rough idea. But if you had to make a call right now with the series at 1-1, all right, if the series ends up tied, either 1-1 or 2-2, or if England win the series 2-1, Australia go to Lords. Mm-hmm. So right now, mm-hmm. put your prediction in. Are we going to Lords? I yep. wish I had your confidence. I wish I had your confidence. Well... <sighs> I just don't see it. I think... You know, this is India. This is India. They're home track bullies. And they all they came out and said after the first test, the next three tests are all all gonna be on Indian pitches, like true Indian pitches. So I just don't yeah. see how you know this England's gonna come in and win one of those tests. Because they have to win one. Unless they manage to draw both. But it also it also depends on who England put in for their hmm, exactly. um, rotation policy. You would think you would think England would go all out to win, since if they went 3-1, they go to Lords. It's weird. Exactly. Cricket is weird. I, I just don't want to do anything with cricket anymore right. right now. It's just weird all over. Hey, I'm not dissing. You know, I'm just saying between you know the T20 series and this test series, watching England rotate their players for no goddamn reason. It's weird. Yeah. Wait, is it just me or did Alistair... Well, the English rotation policy has only happened in the last few years. Uh, But anyway, Uh, 
let's interlude for a little bit by just playing a little bit of the game. Yep. All right, so Hayden. Yep, so this Yay. game. We love games. It's just titled simply, when did they play their first All-Stars game? So in the theme of it being the All-Star game last weekend, I can with this little game. I'm going to name a player, and you have to tell me uh-huh. when they made their first appearance in the All-Star game. What year? What year? Yep. What year? So first player we're going to do, Andrew Fafita. Mm-hmm. Two thousand thirteen. Close. Twenty twelve. It's pretty good effort. Ah. Pretty good effort. I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh, next player we're going to go with. We're going to go with a bit of a different one. So we did an Indigenous player to start off with. Okay. Now we're going to go with an English player, Sammy Burgess. Ooh. Bingo. 2010. Debuted in the All-Star game before he actually played an NRL game. Uh, we'll stick with okay. the South Sydney vibe here. Latrell Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Close again. 2017. He's actually pretty oh. good at this. I'll give you that. Uh, all right. Just looking. I'm just yeah, I mean, the troll made his debut in 2015, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. Ooh. All right. Next one. Jared Hayne. Okay. Ooh. Uh, 2007. Uh, I, I, I hate to be, be the bearer of brown news, but there was no All-Star game in 2007. The All-Star idea only okay. came in in 2010. Okay. 2010. 2012. I gave you the answer. It was right after he won the Medal, too. I thought you would have got that one. Okay. Yeah. Well... I, All right, I we'll finish off. At that time. We'll finish yeah, off with a bit still, of a fun I one. Still hate power. So you know how I said that okay. the All Stars concept only came around in 2010. This is a bit of an exception to the rule. Yep. Wendell Saylor, the Big Dell. Oh. When did he appear in an All Stars game? Uh, I'd go 2011. So close. So close. Motherfucker. I think, yeah, I think you've had enough of that. Wait, 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 wait. I got one for you. Hold on. Let me just get it up. I want to see if Ooh. you know your own team. I'm happy with this. Okay. So I've got... Uh, okay, so I've got two questions for you mm-hmm. about the one player. When did Darren Lockyer play? And how many okay. how many games did he play in the All-Stars? He was part of the original All-Stars in 2010. And... Mm-hmm. I believe that was his only appearance. He made the 2011 one. Ba-bow. Okay, I didn't. Re- I didn't actually realize yes, he played he that. So he played. Uh, where is it? Um... Never mind, it doesn't come up. But yes, uh, Darren Lockyer played 2010 and 
I just found I, I, I'll stop you there because I just found something a bit weird. Uh, the Maori side okay. actually played a game against England mm-hmm. in 2010. So it finished 18 all oh. after England led 18 nil at half time. Oh. Yeah, so I'll, do you want me to go Mio through the Maori roster? The Maori squad that day? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the team for the Maori mm-hmm. was Kevin Locke, Shandorel, Tamana Tahu, Clinton Torpy, Kane Manihira, Arana Taumata, Rangi Chase, James Tarmau, Aaron Heremeyer, Russell Packer, Wella Huraki, Justin Horro, Bodine Thompson, Jeremy Smith, Kevin Proctor, Sam McKendry, and Lewis Brown. Far out. Wait, since when is Shandor L? He was literally born. Fair enough. Can't argue with that. As race cuts out again. Yeah, yeah, there now. My Wi-Fi just keeps cutting out. I know. Uh, so, yeah, oh, okay. Shandorol was born in Wellington. Anyway. Okay, I think, I, think it's, I think it's time to move on to segment two of, the, of uh, this week's, sorry, this Fortnite podcast. Um, as we all know, the return of the Sheffield Shield. And it's a bit special this, this season um, since... Our South Africa test side um, has returned back. Well, technically, they never left. The cancelled tour. Technically, they never left our shores. Sorry? Well, (sighs) coming back into Sheffield Shield, um, they've been placed into their respective uh, states. Um, So it's it's been very good to watch. I agree. um, If I may say so myself. Um, so yeah, sure. So, first week of Sheffield Shield saw two games being uh, New South Wales versus Victoria and Tasmania versus Queensland. Uh, so that was also the same for the Marsh Cup, but we'll get into that in a sec. Uh, so starting off in the Shield, a great fourth innings knock of 38 not out by 18 year old sensation Jake Fraser McGurk has allowed Victoria to hold off a collapse. Mm -hmm. For a four wicket win against New South Wales. At one point, Victoria were down to five for 87. Uh, in the same match, Nathan Lyon managed wow. to pick up a 10 wicket haul, which took his career first class total over the 600 mark. Yep, the GOAT as usual. Typical guys, he's back. Uh, meanwhile, on Hobart, an unbeaten 115 from Usman Kawaja has helped Queensland to a three-wicket win over Tasmania with less than an hour remaining on day four. Again, Sheffield Shields only four-day matches, not five days that we usually see in test matches. Yeah. So test matches are five days. Yeah. Uh, Manus Labashain picked up totals of 49 and 78. While Joe Burns and Caleb Jewell also picked up centuries. Uh, Jewell with a great first innings knock of 140. And then Joe Burns responding to that with a cool 171. Easy. Now for the Marsh Cup. So this is literally yep. the and one with, day of And with uh, the congestion in the scheduling... What they're doing now is they're playing one Marsh Cup game, which corresponds to the Sheffield Shield that's going on that weekend. So kind of like what they did with the under-20s. Exactly. When the under-20s would play before the actual NRL game. Um, so we saw a brilliant knock from Steve Smith, 127, to help New South Wales uh, to a 59-run win over Victoria to begin the Marsh Cup. Unfortunately, Pat Commons fell one run away from a maiden uh, half-century. Sorry, list A half-century. Uh, a week later, Queensland pulled a strong four-wicket win over Tasmania 
with winning runs coming from just 14 balls remaining. Uzi led the way with a great knock of 93, while Billy Stanlake took four wickets for Queensland. Um, that wraps up the domestic uh, cricket. Now we move on to the NBL. Um, Illawarra have collapsed to a 6-3 and record after starting their season with an impressive 4-0. Leaving Melbourne United in sole in, uh, sorry, in sole spot at the top of the table with a seven and one record. The remainder of the top four, however, remains conclu- uh, clouded. Adelaide, Perth, South South East Melbourne, and Sydney really are heating up early on here in the each other. Yes, exactly. It's 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 really lifting off. This is going to be an exciting. It's crazy uh, that Illawarra is doing better now, even though they have dropped to six and three. Exactly. They're doing better now than they and did they have when they had life. literally the NBA's Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the A-League, Central Coast and Brisbane remain uh, in the top two, while MacArthur, Wanderers, Sydney FC and Newcastle round out the top six. Last year's runners-up, Melbourne City, sit at ninth after a 3-2, a 3-2 win. Uh, in a grand final rematch, with victory still stuck in last with just four points throughout their first seven games. That's very unlike. Yeah. That's very a, unlike victory. You know, I say. Yeah. Normally, yeah, I reckon they should rename to the Melbourne defeat with how the they go. <laughs> uh, yeah, because this is the first time last week. Super Rugby, I believe. Or exactly. Uh, the Australian section of the season has begun with a romping win for the Queensland Reds, 41-7 to over the uh, Waratahs. Waratahs winger and ex-Bronco Isaiah Perez was sent off for tripping. Uh, sent off is a red card. Um, one player not on the Reds team sheet, Suli Vinavalu, uh, who was stood down for punching a security guard in the face while drunk. Meanwhile, the Brumbies brought up... Yeah, punching a security guard in the, the face Force. while drunk. It's just a Melbourne Storm thing. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> um, moving on to our final uh, segment for this fortnight's podcast. Uh, Aussies abroad. This is it. Uh, Reese, I must say this is my favourite um, podcast because it tells us how much our Aussie uh, representatives are improving in their Yes, I agree. It's always uh, lovely areas to of pick up on a few Australians you didn't even realise were overseas. Like, you just thought they'd disappear and all of a sudden you see them all. That guy's playing in the Super League. Exactly. Exactly. Um, ben Simmons has dropped a career high of 42 points. Unfortunately, they did lose the game to Utah's, uh, Utah. Yep, the great Joe Ingles. They also have another Aussie icon on their team in Joe Ingles. Um, without superstars such as uh, jo- Joel Embiid, Simmons erupted in the scoring category despite not shooting from outside. Yeah, the just so he's basically always like, I do shoot inside. Game. Never try to take a three or a two when you can just get an easy layup or a dunk. Exactly. Uh, Ex-Wanderers and Glory manager Tony Popovich has been sacked by Greek second division side Xanthi just nine matches into his tenure with the club, just four points off the top of the table. The team contain, uh, contains a strong contingent of Australians, including former Sydney FC and Melbourne City midfielder Josh Bilianti, ex-Adelaide United goalkeeper Paul Izzo, former Western Sydney defender Matt Yeoman, uh, interesting to note, sons, Christian and Gabriel. I'm hearing that if Melbourne do decide to part ways with their manager, given their awful start to the A-League season, Popovich would likely be the first man on their list of potential managers. So we could see a third stint in the A-League. Okay. One, honestly, one of the great managers to come from yes. Australia. Yes, he was. Um, on the topic of cricket again, uh, the IPL season is coming around um, quickly. If I might add, everyone, like everyone thinks the Big ended. Bash goes for ages. Um, with wait till they get into the IPL. Yes, exactly. Eight Australians have uh, received offers on the auction 
on Friday with 27 yes. being turned away. That's a lot. Both Glenn Maxwell and Jai Richardson became instant multi-millionaires, while Nathan Quilton-Nile, Steve Smith, Riley Meredith, Dan Christian, Moses Henriques, and Ben Cutting were also acquired by franchises. Notable players who were not offered a contract include Alex Carey, Sean Marsh, which doesn't surprise me, Aaron Finch, Minus, which doesn't surprise me. So, yeah, I mean, I've heard a lot of hype from some IPL fans about what who their players got. Also, a lot of fans didn't want Glenn Maxwell for the price that for the price that he commanded. He commanded, I think it was two point three million. Yeah, I, I, a lot of people didn't want that. Holy fuck! And Jai Richardson came a cut under. I think it was two point one. But yeah, obviously, it's crazy because they're both yeah. in the Australian squad for the T Twenty, and we did so shit. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but what does make sense is that that's going to do us for today. Uh, obviously, a bit of a shorter podcast. There wasn't as yes. much to talk about this week as there has been in the last two. Uh, next yeah. episode, we're going to do our predictions for the upcoming NRL season. That will be very fun. Yeah, all, um, all these podcasts are fun. One. But, you know, when we get a chance yeah. to laugh at someone for how they think the Panthers are going to go, it's it's always it's always a great opportunity. Hey, hey, you can't talk. 2015. When was the last time you made the grand final? It, you made it last season. You can't flex that. When was the time you made the grand final before that? Yeah, we did it in 06. Uh, 2003. We made two grand finals in the time it took you to make one. Ooh, big boy. Yeah, but technically we still have a better conversion rate. No, because you haven't. Less time. Panthers got admitted in 1967, Broncos in 1988. Panthers have been to four grand finals and lost okay, two. So. Brisbane has been to seven grand finals and lost one. We did, not have Lockyer, we did not have Lockyer we did not have for our first no two one. grand finals, we and we still won them both. No, we, we didn't. Not for our first two. Game. The bull, the raging bull. Exactly. I uh, will see you all in oh, about two weeks' time. Later.